0: hello everybody my name is ray this is anthony welcome to the evangelical dark web tonight we're going to be doing a christian nationalist meme review and we're also going to be doing a little ama ask us anything really even though it's ask me anything Uh, but you know the two of us are here and we do have a submitted uh question from one of the uh paying supporters and generous uh patrons of the evangelical dark web waiting in the queue but Because this is a live stream, those who are lively uh, participating in this live stream will get their questions answered as well. Because, you know, this is just a chill night that we need to uh, discuss important topics like Christian nationalist memes and whatever you guys want to come up with. So that's the goal of tonight's live stream. And uh, we're gonna have some fun with this. So how are you doing tonight? All is well. Busy week as far as the articles go, so a lot of stuff happening in the world. Yeah, it's a pretty hectic week as far as uh just a lot of stuff going on in the Southern Baptist Convention that's been very messy and stuff, and a lot of little stuff. There's not a whole lot of big, big ticket items as far as story goes, but there's a lot of little items, and then you wrote a uh, Southern Baptist article that will get published in the next couple days about their membership numbers and how bleak that looks. And then, uh, of course, it's just been a pretty bad week for the SBC when they're both admitting that the sex abuse task force report was inadmissible hearsay. And really, the only thing that's it's worthy of doing is being submitted as evidence for self-incriminating statements made by the Southern Baptist Convention, which will increase their liability. So that's they, they paid nearly $2 million or give or take around $2 million just for uh, that. And it's going to cost them a lot more than $2 million when all these lawsuits are said and done. So very busy week. That is for sure. So uh, we got a number of things going on uh, at Evangelical dark web and uh, some tech issues as well. Like it's just been a very hectic month. Uh, month and a half last month and a half, uh, as far as tech issues go. And then you had the Steven Crowder article, which, you know, I did a video on that. What do you think of, uh, how that went? Uh, and just, you want to add more to the story that I didn't cover in the video or any angles of it that you wanted to expand on since that was your video that, or your article that I used for the video. Um, I mean, a lot of what I packed into the article, I would say, is a lot of the commentary since you kind of did a run through of the whole article. Cause I packed that article with a lot of statistics as far as like uh generally speaking, like and I guess with the with regards to divorce in America, it's it's unknown what percentage of divorces in America are stemming from adultery. I mean, I think the estimates are from 20 to 40 percent. so it's not there's no reliable data as far as how much divorce in america is caused by adultery so that which you know christ says is just cause for divorce is is not really a known quantity as far as factoring in the impact of adultery in in divorce in america so that's, yeah i thought it was weird that's the one thing I couldn't really find for that article. I thought it was weird that the feminists would argue that fault divorce is a bad thing. Like, I thought that was a, you know.
1: Wait, yes. Like,
0: you you don't want there to be fault divorce at fault divorce? Like, you don't want that? Especially since they would disproportionately benefit from such an institution. Yeah. I I thought that was really nuts. But it's like, oh, that means you have to prove it. It's like, yeah. You should have to prove these things if you're going to make claims especially cuz at fault does change the partition of assets I think. Yeah, so, it'll impact in like a state like California. I mean, I was literally on like lawyer sites and they said, yeah, it doesn't matter in California. So, yeah, because they have no at fault divorce. No. So, yeah, it's pretty stupid. Pretty convenient uh, for all the celebrities though. Very convenient for the celebrities. So we got some memes to run through. So I guess we're going to do the memes first while the uh, questions pile up. Uh, We did get some nice uh, questions submitted in the chat already. So what I've done is I've compiled a lot of memes from the uh, Twitterverse. And a lot of the Christian nationalist memes that have been going around, I've compiled onto one article that we're going to be using is the evangelicaldarkweb.org article on christian nationalist memes for review that's currently live so we're going to be looking at it live uh and one of the memes is obviously the thumbnail for the this live stream so there's going to be some history and these are going to go in reverse chronological order because i got these off of the evangelical dark web twitter on the on the like section and I just scrolled back through like late april so that's the uh, basis for how I collected these memes, just so we're clear. So uh, don't forget to hit that like button as we get started, because here we go. So meme number one, we have, uh, and, and this is the best way to start it, is the makers of the best Christian nationalist memes, or CN, and makers of the best, best anti-Christian christian nationalist memes corporate needs you to find the difference between this picture and this picture and then pam beasley famously saying they're the same picture what are your thoughts on this one it's a classic i mean i'll give it like a seven seven and a half just because it's standard it's ready to go you didn't have to put too much into it but it but it is kind of like a little left camp meme kind of thing even though it it is because the anti-christian nationalists can't meme and this meme was made uh, to pretty much solidify the trend because what we're doing tonight is actually documenting history and the history that we're documenting is the impact of memes on public discourse in the conversation so they started making because the you know the g3 crowd couldn't meme Christian nationalists started making memes against Christian nationalism to help them out. It was very charitable. And this is an instance of charity, you know, that you only find in the church. Like, this is, you know, how you love one another is like you're making memes for them because they can't meme. So uh, Montana Viking comments, yeah, this is truly <laughs> to help the other side out. And yeah, that's exactly what was going on. Uh, so we're going to be interacting with a lot of chat tonight because this is going to be a chiller stream uh, because, you know, I need I need it after a workday that I had. So this is a, a meme template that I've seen. Let me get my keyboard ready because I'm going to have to zoom out a little bit. Uh, so this is like uh, getting roasted by the coffee, I guess. I don't, I'm not super familiar with what this meme template's called, but it says in the top left, Christian Nationalist Coffee you're my only friend. And then the very dark Christian nationalist coffee says America should be a white ethno state. So he comes. So the main character comments, Hmm, too dark, pour some milk in it. And then the new now creamier uh, coffee says white evangelicals are the lone bulwark against moral insanity in America, which is now perfect. (laughs) So I, I, I can't, quite tell whether this is an anti-christian nationalist meme because i think it is but it's, yeah i mean it's, I, I it's a assume... dead meme nonetheless yeah this is actually i give this another I, I give this an 8 like this is really good now Eddie robles shared a version of this meme and the first one was like uh you know black dude and a white wife and something like that and it was like samuel say and, and whatever and then it was like you know too dark or whatever it's like a reasonable latino married to a white girl perfect. That's eddie Robles yeah, referencing his marriage, and I, I thought that was pretty funny. I think it was an, like, you know, because people just make good memes, and we like to laugh, and that's, that's what this is about. Like, we're having fun, we're making, uh, we're having a lot of laughter here, it's fun, and this is also how the Protestant Reformation happened. Like, it was a lot of memes, granted, it was 16th century memes, but they were making fart jokes about the Pope. Like, that's how, the Pro- that's how the Protestants won. P- papal fart jokes. So this is one that I made. Uh, and this movie doesn't get memed enough. It's from El Dorado. The, uh, that's, it's not a DreamWorks movie. It's a 20th Century Fox movie, I think, during their heyday of animation. Uh, on one hand, Christian nationalism. On the other hand, mere Christendom. Kind of pointing out that mi- Christian nationalism and mere Christendom are the same thing. And they're both gold. So what do you think of this one? This is my original. It is inspired by Brian babe. She gave me the inspiration to go ahead and make this meme just to give a shout out to her channel. So what are your I'll give, thoughts? I'll give it an eight just because the movie doesn't get enough love. It doesn't get enough love. So, and it, yeah, I'm, yeah, I think it's another eight. But yeah, big fan, big fan of the uh, memes that can come out of this movie because the actual template Because this is like a mirrored image, and the actual template is on one hand gold, on the other hand, searing pain and death. I think is the line from the movie. So there's a lot more memes to make on this topic as related to that uh template goes. So we got the uh classic Gru uh explaining something or explaining his uh plan from Despicable Me. Uh, we attempt to and this is from G3's perspective, because the tweet that I got this from said G3 be like. We attempt to dunk on Christian nationalism. There's a massive uproar on Twitter. We end up making more Christian nationalists. And then he's just doing a double take on how his plan's working out and, you know, what exactly is the plan here. I I give this one a solid six. It's pretty standard meme. I like it, but, you know, it's... Yeah, I'll probably be the same way. It's a standard meme template. You know, obviously you're not, you know, breaking the bank as far as creativity goes. And the next one's, uh, Steven Wolf, uh, it's a nice country. You got there be a shame if someone Christianized it and he goes into thug life meme and the, uh, cover for his book is on the background is in the backdrop of the picture. I think this is another, uh, probably a five. Yeah. But uh, I was thinking five, I like it maybe four. I, I mean, I, I mean, I like it. It's, it's very niche though. Cause not everyone's going to recognize Stephen Wolf. And what he looks like off, you know. I mean, you could probably just have it, have it just him with the thug life and then just just one picture and it would probably be better. Nice country you got there. It'd be ashamed if someone Christianized Well, it. it's also kind of based off that meme where, like, the eyes get red at the end, but they, the maker of this meme wanted, went more thug life than laser eyes. So this is, you know... It, A template that they're working with but uh it's a little esoteric because you have to know what steven wolf looks like even though and you have to know that this is talking about the book it's still a great meme though uh then we got uh the uh is this a bird meme or whatever the actual line is i don't watch anime uh is this tyranny uh it's referring to god's laws the butterfly meme and it has uh, Michael O'Fallon trying to uh, respond to the meme of uh, Christian nationalism, gooder than transing kids. Like that's the meme that Michael O'Fallon is trying to respond for, to, and he says, "Liberty, gooder than tyranny." So, is this tyranny pointing to God's law? That's an excellent response to Michael O'Fallon's uh, and, sentiments. And therein lies the disconnect: is that this entire, like, the entire I guess hostility to I, the idea of Christian nationalism. It's either a centered on this hatred of nationalism or b centered on a hatred of applying God's st- standard <laughs> as like, in inter- applying God's standard as legislating morality. And you know, when every law legislates morality, every law. Yeah. So, so it's just, I mean, it's Emma's pathetic that, I mean, this tweet is basically just, I mean, it's basically Michael Fallon going David French and saying, you know, liberty gooder than tyranny because, you know, you'd rather live in a liberal democracy than a theocracy where you don't have a vote, even though, you know, not like your vote even matters in a democracy. So, hey. Right. Um, And again, I don't dislike Michael Fallon, but I do think he's kind of losing it. And on this topic, nonetheless, and we talked a lot about Michael O'Fallon last week, and I didn't know that he was an event planner for big Eva all these years. So that definitely explains a lot as to why organizations like g three are really trying to take the mantle of being the next big Eva because I think the gospel coalition is peaked. You know, they can't do a lot of like they didn't do the T together for the gospel conference, or they did their last together for the gospel conference or something like that. So they, they aren't doing a whole lot of, uh, what they used to be able to do. And it just shows, it that their, their time is coming to an end. And I was just thinking of making a meme. I didn't make, so I was thinking about making the meme about how, you know, John the Baptist says, you know, he must become greater and I must become less, you know, like TGC, thinking that way or the gospel coalition thinking that way about g3 you know they must become greater and i must become less so now we have a uh uh just a masterful meme video just making fun of uh the enraged uh g3 brain trust and this is the uh the german i don't know what movie this is from but this is a uh thing about hitler having a breakdown this isn't uh inglorious bastards I I don't know, I've never seen Glorious Bastards. Oh, is that too loud? So. Might lower the tad bit. Okay. It's subtitled, which is unfortunate, but uh formation to the gigner Zossen genommen. Now it's buffering, that's not cool. Of vor. Der Feind operiert jetzt am
1: nördlichen Stadtrand zwischen Fronau und Pankow. Und im Osten ist der Feind bis zur Linie Lichtenberg, Marsdorf, Karlshorst gelangt. Mit dem Angriff Steiner.
0: When we release the statement on Christian Nationalism Friday, it would distract them from their memes. <laughs> mein Führer. So. Steiner Cri- Michael O'Fallon Steiner is the Hitler
1: figure angriff in this.
0: Oh, it's getting pretty tense in here. So Owen Strand, Josh Bice, uh, and Scott, and Neil, and I believe some and Virgil have to stay in the room with Michael O'Fallon. so they're making fun of font gate with the uh statement on christian nationalism in the gospel they're making fun of the font or the reaction to the font of it <laughs> Which, Fun fact about that statement it was more
1: about 2000s uh, i Führer, ich kann nicht zulassen, dass die Soldaten, die für sie verzager. Mein Führer, was sie da sagen ist ungeheuerlich. Die ist des James Lindsay
0: made fun of here.
1: Sie nennen sich Generale, weil sie Jahre auf Militärakademie zugebracht haben, nur um zu lernen, wie man Messer und Gabel hält. Jahrelang hat das Militär mal eine Aktion nur verhindert. Es hat mich gegen nur als wichtigen Widerstand in den Weg gelegt. Ich hatte Gut daran getan. Und darin alle höheren offiziere, registrieren zu lassen, wie Stalin.
0: Wow. do you recognize
1: this movie it might actually be a foreign
0: film you guys are speaking in german i mean that's like the best thing about european movies is that a lot of european movies they they do the vernacular They won't even their
1: to blood <laughs> sie sie wird in ihrem Blut. <laughs>
0: This is a masterful acting performance though. Like, I don't know what movie this is, but this is a really good acting performance. Yeah, I think the p- person had way too much time Spons. on them. Whoever made this? Yes. I mean, they use Veed.io, which I which I looked it up. It's just a free video maker. So, but it got watermarked, so they didn't pay. Oh, okay. We got the movie. The movie is Downfall 2004. Now that you, the MVP for knowing that. I... I mean, where does it rank on your like top I say, World War II movies? I'm just out of curiosity. So that that's the end of that meme, and that that to me was quite masterful. And this meme made reference to another meme, which I'm not sure if I want to watch the entirety of it because it's a little. I mean, you I will know, I will say a little the video, much. Video might makes, be a little long winded for the joke. It, it is, um, but it there's so much packed in there. I, I still believe that that is. You know they they lost it over this so that that's the funny part. Uh, I do see some questions uh, I'm gonna answer these questions since we're on the topic of Christian nationalism. We're not going to talk about it the entire night unless you guys ask questions about it but I will answer this question because it's relevant to the discussion what is a, a Christian nationalist and you know Christian national is obviously someone who believes in Christian uh, Christian nationalism. But what is Christian nationalism? You know, art rolling and working definition is someone who wants to Christianize a nation either by establishing or restoring a Christian heritage to a people, an ethnos. And they do this either through, they do this through three methods, uh, evangelism, just standard preaching of the word, and establishing of institutions and aligning civil law with the law of God. So that is my definition of a Christian nationalist. It lines up really well with Stephen wolf's definition it's just worded differently but i believe it's going after the same goals uh and then a pietist is someone it's kind of very similar to like r2k theology um you're you know the idea of being so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good this idea that you know the world is evil and uh spiritual matters are the only thing that we should be focusing on uh so they're more focused on private holiness, which isn't a bad thing, than they are of public uh, good in a way. So they don't believe in, say, taking Christianity to the public square. They mostly believe in uh, private faith, individual faith, but at the expense, and that's the key distinction here, at the expense of being Christian in a public context. Yeah, it also should be I mean, noted that pietists would think anything outside the sphere of the church is pretty much bad. I mean, that's where that's where the whole language of separation of church and state comes from. The church is one, gar- you have the garden of God, and then you have the garden of the world. And the garden of God is the only one you want to really focus on. You and, don't focus on the world. The world. I'm separate. answering this question now because we're memeing about this. So that Hitler meme was like that, you know, making fun of Fontgate, and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, uh, John says, he who has two memes, let him give to him who has none. <laughs> I guess. Very well done. Uh, and then the trad, Pedro Garcia says the trad cats would be undermined by Pope Francis. I think that's very true. I don't know. Trad-cat- oh, wait, Christian national, oh, wait, I think he was, Christian nationalism is fine as long as it's not run by Eastern Orthodox, which I assume is what he means by eos and then tried cats would be undermined by uh pope francis and he's right to say that first of all i think the whole uh conservative eastern orthodox thing is kind of a myth like as a voting bloc they're not that conservative i'm just being real they're not that conservative at least in the united states maybe in eastern european countries that yeah, that's a much different story. But in the United States context, Eastern Orthodox are not a conservative voting block. I think they're pretty much around the same area as Catholics. Well, oh, I mean, tradcasts are different than like the other, the rest of the Catholics. So, I mean, there's speculation of a major division going on with the Catholic Church in the next generation, with the Germans pretty much going rogue. Yeah, the Germans so. are going. You know, they're uh, pounding their fists on the table in Catholic Germany. Uh, Pedro goes on to say Pietists also have a very bad track record on assurance of salvation and pin it to their own perception of their sanctification for assurance rather than God's promises. That's an well, interesting analysis. A lot of those, uh, well, I mean, pretty much when you, a lot of them aren't Calvinists, or uh, in America, a lot of the general Baptist sects aren't Calvinists. So when they, Go off the re- or go off the reservation of uh, uh, uh eternal salvation or eternal security. Yeah, you kind of get the whole you can lose your salvation mantra. All right. So in this meme here, we got uh some schoolyard boxing going on with another kid in the background just eating popcorn. And it's reformed people punching reformed people, and then watching is also reformed people. And I think this is a four. I mean, I think it's good. It- Gets the message across that you know, this is friendly intra house debate that you know is drawing a little bit of blood, but it, it is also fun to watch, I guess. Is the he's not hitting below the belt, so he's that's, that's maybe it's a five both. in my book. Five in my book, he's not, not going Bobby Hill, you're not going Bobby Hill. So, this one is one I shared on uh Gab, it's Christian or pagan nations. If you've ever seen that episode of the simpsons where homer climbs that mountain i guess it's mount springfield or whatever and the and they hire this uh energy bar company hires like two nepali's to help him climb this mountain and so you know he's pagan nations and then christian nationalists are christianizing it and turning into christian nations and then christian pietists come along and say look how far i've climbed even though i'm not even and i'm not even tired because the Christian nationalists carried them up the mountain all the way, or during the night while he was asleep. So I, I think that's I pretty mean, I f- funny. I got to give this an eight just because yeah, I, feel like, uh, I feel like this template is underused. I mean, you yeah, could apply this to so many thing to so many things with the whole Overton window shifting. So anything that really shifts the Overton window to the right could apply to this meme. And uh, this one's from the movie Holes. I, i'm gonna agree that that's a seven to me uh this one's from the movie holes with that famous scene like and i gotta say like i was thinking about this the other night like as far as kids movies go the movie holes is kind of a perfect screenplay like it's, it's very like there's setup and reward all throughout the script i think it's a very good screenplay uh and it's the meme with the sigourney weaver's character as a child the flashback scene and it's young Christian nationalists. I'm tired of this grandpa. And then the evangelical boomer cons reply. That's too damn bad. Just like in the movie. So I think that's a pretty solid. uh, meme there. I I like the reference and I I do think it pits because the kernel of truth here is that there, there is a disparity in the, there's a distance here between the young Christian nationalists and the evangelical boomer cons. And I think this meme is pointing out and the evangelical boomer cons have a lot of institutional control. And I think that's what, uh, that's what this meme is getting at. Oh, and the other thing is they grew up with a, I guess, very disillusioned to America or, or I should say that the new generation is more, Disaffected with America, so they were versus the Boomer generation, which grew up with this heightened image of America that just isn't either isn't true or no longer exists. So I think that's the huge difference, and that's the barrier that has to be overcome: is you have to basically instill into an entire generation that their entire that their understanding of America that they've known for most of their life is is a lie or is just no longer true. That the country that they grew up in is dead. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people think that America is an idea and one of the things that Christian national that separates Christian nationalism from the from the rest or from the conventional wisdom that a lot of us were taught is that Christian nationalists believe that America America is a nation and that a nation or America should be a nation and that a nation is a tangible concept. It's not just a a intangible idea. Uh, I do want to read this comment, Uh Pedro G- G- Garcia, not Gonzalez, says that Calvinism is not a mean from pietism. With uh pietist Calvinists, they do obsessive fruit checking and constantly doubt whether or not they're elect. Some of them determine they're unsafe. And I don't know if that's true in a self-retrospective sense, but I do think that's true for other people, or in, in how a lot of Pietistic, pietist Calvinists view other people, like we know guess- that Calvinists and Pietists can be in the same camp. We see that with uh, R. Scott Clark and John MacArthur to a large extent. Well, I guess my point was more in line with like the Anabaptist traditions that were Anabaptists are very Pietistic, so that's... But then R- so, a lot of R2K theology started in Lutheran and uh, and Pietism largely stemmed from Lutherans as well. So you got the Anabaptists and their R2K ideology and then you have the uh the r2k theology that separately grew out of Lutheranism. So I mean but generally speaking it's a both any branch of Christianity might think that they're might question their own salvation. I mean that's the entire origin of the Protestant Reformation is Martin Luther not knowing how he was saved and then he comes to the epiphany. He goes through every step he could imagine and then he comes to the epiphany of save, you know, justification by faith. So uh, the entire Protestant Reformation is based on the premise of how to know that you are saved. Yeah, it's about justification. So then we got the Bendel Wary video, which is about new developments in the Christian nationalism controversy. And this is the one with the Mexican man laughing. I don't want to really play this one uh, because uh, it's just going to be obnoxious to... <laughs> Uh, watch for like a minute and a half or however long it is like i'll get winded through it but this one uh is very uh it set off a lot of conversations this one got uh James lindsay's panties and a huge twist and the level of impact that this meme had was huge the Bendel wary video uh which I don't know where this video is from it's not from a famous movie it, Uh, that I know of. But uh, have you seen this one? No, no. uh, Well, it it had a huge impact. We're not going to watch it just because of time and uh, other stuff. And uh, I'll get to some chat here. Uh, Montana Viking points out that John MacArthur did make a bold stance when the state declared uh, COVID-19 lordship over Grace Community Church. Yes, after about four and a half months. So, yes, but John MacArthur had to overcome the teachings of John MacArthur in order to get to that point. Uh, before that point, I believe it was around April or May, they were arguing a very obscure interpretation of Hebrews 10, 25, or 24 and 25, 10, 24 and 25, to justify uh, not meeting for worship. So that's what was going on before that. So, I, you know, we don't want to forget history. uh but he did make it cool. I not enough though. It, I, I wish that John MacArthur's taking a stand had more had more of an impact than it did. But yes, but prior to that, he was very. He's a he was pretty radical Pietist. I, I think that's just objectively true in the theology of John MacArthur. But he's sanctified and become better. So that's also something that's worth pointing out and praising God for. Like, I wrote an article that said, rejoice, uh, John MacArthur has invoked the doctrine of lesser magistrates. So, uh, like I said, these memes are going in reverse chronological order. Uh, so, the Hitler video that we played is referenced or references his Bend meme. And then we got uh, this meme right here. It's a uh, flex tape or whatever, where the dude slaps a, a leaky a piece of tape on a leaking. Uh, vessel of con- large container of water and it's about medieval plugging this hole of Christian nationalism advancing by calling them racist so I think this is pretty much what happened yeah pretty much I mean that is exactly what happened with that uh Stephen Wolf tweet about voting blocks yeah or change the the tape to uh, the lone bulwark of white evangelicals. And it's like you're trying to white evangelicals moral are, insanity are trying to keep the keep the tide from just fully bursting. I mean, I think the uh, joke in this meme is that the tape's not going to stop that hole, even though I think in the commercial it probably does. So, and then we got this meme. I shared this one on Gab as well. It's a uh, The Quickie Mart being robbed, and I don't know who's who, a poo, the racist caricature, apparently. The only uh, caricature that gets canceled on The Simpsons is a poo. And then someone who's robbing the store, uh, Christian nationalism is shooting, is trying to shoot secular totalitarianism, and G3 is jumping to catch that bullet for secular totalitarianism. Uh, Your thoughts? I mean, certainly true of other groups, the gospel coalition and which basically said that you shouldn't even protest or go to your school board meetings. So Uh, that was Christianity today that said not to uh, get involved in school boards. They wrote that. I I wish I had covered that, but I just didn't, I guess, for busyness or something. Uh, And then we got uh, Godzilla and uh, King Kong fighting. It's Big Eva and Little Eva. Uh, Godzilla is Big Eva and Little Eva is King Kong. And then here comes the Shibu Inu or whatever that dog breed's called of Christian nationalists chasing them away. Uh, Thoughts on this meme? Any good? Might be giving it a four. It's just not a good... It's not really a good reference in general. Yeah, it's niche if you're into the monster verse, but I'm not. So it just doesn't... uh, Go over that well. This is from uh Rhett Koppel, who's the meme lord. Just a, a lot of these memes come from Rhett, and this one is one. So I do want to give him a shout out. Uh, this is from Toy Story, I believe Toy Story One. When you've got that sweet M Div only to be converted to a Christian nationalist on Twitter, years of academy training wasted. And I can't really do a Tim Allen impression, but I like that. Give it a six and a half maybe seven, just it's solid. It's, it's solid. kind of true. I mean, and, and we can't, this we can't is, overlook the, I guess the liberal drift that all that all the seminaries have kind of have to constantly fight against or, or have just ever been overtaken by. So this but, is the uh, fork in the road meme with uh Christian nationalism as the bright castle off in the distance and transient kids is a decrepit castle in the darkness. I don't know and, if you, I don't know if you saw the version then, of this where they did like a third way in the middle. Yes. And I commented, you know, third wayism has been tried and it was always woke. Like, that was just so stupid. Like, no, that's to called third wayism. And, and we explicitly reject that here. And then, yeah, obviously, the person standing in the middle was gooder. Like, what's gooder? A Christian, na- a Christian nation or trans and kids. It, it's a meme that captures a, a different meme of, christian nation gooder than trans and kids which is not oven itself saying that the uh everyday layman you know basically that whole horseshoe theory of uh practical intelligence where the people on the left the dumb sect understand that a christian nation is good but all these midwits are saying that christian nation is wor- bad and obviously the super smart people get it they know that christian nation is gooder than trans and kids So this meme is a meta analysis and I like that. So then we have this uh, Winnie the Pooh meme of him sitting in the chair, switching to the tuxedo and then the brain deadness. And it's a a mechanic talking about Christian nationalism an electrician talking about Christian nationalism, because I guess an electrician is smarter than a mechanic, according to this meme. And then an M div talking about Christian nationalism. This is another Rhett Koppel meme, I think. Uh, I like it. And then we got down here, we got Boomer Cons. Uh, this is the, the uh, meme from The Simpsons where Moe is kicking Barney out of the bar. And then Barney just so happens to be behind Moe after he kicks him out, throws him out of the bar, and is dusting his hands off like he's Pontius Pilate or something. So boomer cons are throwing the religious right out of the bar. And then behind Mo or behind the boomer cons is the Christian nationalist. And they're about to reap their vengeance or whatever happens at the end of that scene. I don't remember that scene from the Simpsons. Uh, I I really like this meme. This is an eight for me. I can't go wrong. Classic Simpsons. No, you, you just can't. Uh, and then I believe this is the last meme. It's title image of this. I don't know who did this. This might be another Rhett Koppel meme. I'm not entirely sure. But it's Pietist or Squidward looking at the window while the Christian nationalists are laughing at memes. Uh, that's SpongeBob and Patrick. And I lo- I'm a sucker for S- SpongeBob memes. I love me some SpongeBob memes. So this is good. I'm feeling it. So this is, a, this is a nine because of how prescient it is. Yeah. And we got to see, uh, even some memes in there that the, uh, pie or the anti-Christian nationalist pietist type. Uh, exactly. they we're making the memes for them. And actually this is the only, this is the exception to the, uh, I think the, uh, reverse chronological order that i went in it might be so uh sebastian howard says i don't oh wait no i wanted this chat (laughs) i feel like christian nationalists are more based in the religious right i think you're right because you know i don't want to like crap on an entire generation like the religious right or the moral majority that formed in the 80s won they did a lot of good work and the reason why we know that is the people who grew up in the 80s, you know, Gen X, when they're getting into power in the state legislatures and a lot of Congress, they're more conservative than the older in the than the old guard. And that's why you saw these Gen X politicians push a lot of the good pro-life legislation. Uh, it, it was a generational twist. You had to get the you had to get that old guard out and the young younger politicians that want to to actually fight the issue of abortion and overturn Roe v. Wade. So the Christian nationalists to some extent are building off of that. Well, more base. I mean, it's just simply because, you know, it goes back to that generational thing. Like, you know, if we're going into issues that would be described more as based and strictly Christian nationalist, I mean, you got the whole anti-monetary system of like the federal reserve. They're more likely against that. Uh, obviously more conspiratorial with regards to the government and CIA. And again, the whole disillusionment with what is America as a concept or even a nation.
1: Yeah. I mean, they don't
0: have that baggage or even good baggage or patriotism that needs to be unbound. So I just, I do think that's part of why what separates the overall religious right from those based Christian nationalists. And the uh, big win for the moral majority was the legalization of homeschooling across America, says Pedro Garcia. And that's, that's a huge thing going forward. And you saw you see the trends of how homeschooling was basically non-existent, not non-existent, but very, very, very niche. niche, you know, five decades ago. And it is just skyrocketed. I don't know what the percentage of children being homeschooled is. Uh I mean, you saw a lot was, of the, you yes. saw a lot of people not return to public schools after COVID. So yeah, would... I mean, like homeschooling was not was yeah, it was probably a state by state issue whether it was illegal before that. Just to answer this question, but it was very niche, and it had to get expanded as well. And I, I guess maybe if you were too far away from a public school, but you know, it, it okay. So we got it's around ten percent now, which which is huge and it's growing it's you know because again you've got a whole generation of trad families that aren't going to send their kids to public schools so i it's going to be bigger because all and then the homeschooled christians aren't going to send their children to homeschool or they're not going to send their children to public schools and then they're just going to expand and that that's going to create a more based generation now we weren't homeschooled and we turned out pretty based but we definitely know people who were homeschooled that didn't turn out as base as us which is a high standard if I do say so myself, but uh, there's a lot of factors going on, but you just really reduce your chances. And I guess the other thing you got to do if you're going to homeschool is you can't completely shelter them from the world. Like you got to expose them to what the world has and prepare them for it. You know, consider it like spiritual warfare training. And occasionally you need some live fire exercises, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so and then Andrew Costa says that Squidward himself is a great caricature of the pietist, almost poetic, really. And I, you know, I love me some Squidward, he's definitely one of my favorite characters on SpongeBob. Uh, and a lot of the best uh memes or a lot of the best SpongeBob episodes are SpongeBob and Squidward based. So that takes us to the end of this article, which was a lot more memes i think than i usually put in these types of articles so i guess we're going to now transition into the more ask me anything portion of this so let me just uh so submit your question to the chat uh uh anthony you are your screen yeah i did some all right so you figured that out uh i'm gonna hit this question from the beginning that doctrinal watchdog submitted before we even started this stream and it's relevant to the christian nationalism discussion that we had would josh bice prefer joe biden over the christian prince we would we think we thinks yes and again i'm not entirely sure because they aren't necessarily making their position super clear they're just making very inconsistent incoherent arguments against christian nationalism on one hand they're arguing that all the Christian nationalism is inherently pedo-baptist and post-millennial, despite the fact that Stephen Wolf is a millennial and so is William Wolf. And there's a lot of, you know, we had uh, Sam Jones on last week. He's pre-mill dispy, I think, is what he said. And I'm not pre-mill dispy or post-mill. So these are all, you know. That's a canard. And then is Pado Baptist? Well, that's not true either. And on the other hand, they're trying to argue that Michael Flynn is the captain or general in this case of Christian nationalism, that he's the leader of Christian nationalism. And do you honestly think that the Michael Flynn crowd? Uh, wouldn't that is, be wouldn't that skew charismatic? Yes. Yeah. Which it would skew heavily charismatic. Do you honestly think that the Michael uh, Lindell, General Mike Flynn crowd is? pedo-baptists and post-millennial, I would think that they're credo-baptists and pre-mill Disp. if they're Christian at all. So, I I think that's a, you know, huge, like, I don't know what their position is, because they're just trying to argue against Christian nationalism with entirely incoherent arguments, and A.D. Robles said something, you know, when I tweeted that out, that, you know, they're just, just trying to fling poop at the wall and see what sticks. That's basically what they're trying to do. So they're gonna call it racist. They're gonna call it post mill. They're gonna call it, uh, pedo Baptist, and then they're gonna call it General Mike Flynn. And it's like okay, and they're basically gonna label it QAnon or something. So again, there's there's not a coherent argument. And then he says. You followed that up with, and this is a comment that I want to respond to. I think these older guys are just upset that young YouTubers are having the same level of influence as them. I and mean, I do think there's an ivory tower, tower element to it. Like, I think that's James White's problem. Uh, the other part being perhaps he's a, he's not, he's not a Timist and Stephen Wolf is, and that just creates an inherent dislike for Stephen Wolf. But that's, I mean, his state, James White. Went full boomer when he was against memeing. Yeah, I mean, that was really cringe. I was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, the I haven't commented on this whole issue all that much. And then, but you're notorious for commenting on the memes in the issue. So, which is which negates the whole I haven't commented on the issue at all. So, uh, one of the major problems. Christian nationalism has is the QAnon crowd. Yes and no. I think the QAnon crowd is a ripe mission field. Uh, I would much rather have to deal with the QAnon crowd in some ways than I would have want to deal with like you know the rainbow jihad crowd because I think we can reason somewhat with the QAnon crowd. So I think that's a ripe mission field. And then obviously you know he points out Greg Locke and Greg Locke again. He's a caricature that was elevated by CNN. There's a reason for that. So, uh, but back to the idea of like Scott annuals YouTube channel is smaller than this one. Pretty interesting. Yet he wants to talk down on, on these other people. He doesn't want to engage with every Tom, Dick and Harry or whatever he said. And it's like your platform is nothing basically without G3. Like, am I wrong about that? Like is his audience size nearly as big as John Harris's or 80 Robles or uh, right response ministries. Does he have a bigger audience than them? Cause I don't think the answer is yes. I mean, I don't, I'd have to look at podcast ratings and stuff, but I, I don't, uh, I don't see it. And uh, so we do have one question lined up in the queue and that's from a uh, supporter over at evangelicaldarkweb.org, And, you know, you can uh, submit your questions ahead of time when we post the link. And this is from Bob. Uh, he asks, what percentage of the American church has access to orthodoxy when they attend their church on a weekend? This is a pretty interesting question to me because there's so many different angles you can tackle it from. And I think, you know, we can try to tackle these angles. So on one hand, you're basically asking what percentage of American churches are or Orthodox. On the other hand, you're asking, you know, where are the Christians located? And can these Christians uh find in their radius a, a an American church, a church that preaches orthodoxy? And then on the other hand, we got to say what a percent of American churches do actually preach orthodoxy. And then I also want to talk about the issue of orthopraxis with this question, because I think there's a lot of churches that preach orthodoxy, but they don't preach the praxis. And then there's a lot of churches that preach orthopraxis, probably, but aren't super theologically sound. Like uh, I wouldn't consider Calvary Chapel the most theologically sound church, but I certainly think that they probably preach action and they, they probably preach orthopraxis pretty well. Like, you know, consider Mark Driscoll, for instance, he's gone very viral for a lot of his teaching on orthopraxis and that heavily contrasts with uh, a, a lot of other, a lot of his detractors who might even have better theology than someone like Mark Driscoll, like Mark Driscoll uh, very much, I think a couple year feud with uh, John MacArthur, and that's over the issue of the continuation of spiritual gifts, but you might not look to Mark, someone like Mark Driscoll for theology, but you would look to someone like Mark Driscoll for praxis. And I think that's the draw of Mark Driscoll. And I was, I, I was watching something earlier today. It was on right response ministries where they were talking about Mark Driscoll and Caesarian politics And it would be someone like him. Someone who communicates like him could be that American version of a Caesar. So how do you want to bust open this question? I mean, so I pulled through my, I guess, my archives on like article. Like there's like a lot of the articles I just don't finish or don't think are complete are things on polls. You have a scrapyard? Yes. And it's only like this and like one other that was similar. But it was basically like the... Arizona Christian University and George Barna, like George Barna, the person, not like Barna Research. George Barna, the person's based. So not so, yeah, not to be confused with the two, with the Barna Research, but they released a result saying 37% of American pastors possess a biblical worldview. The, the other 62% possess a hybrid worldview. Heterodox. Running. Well, they call it syncretism. Okay. And they break it down in between uh, mainline Baptist or mainline Protestant, which is like American Baptist, Episcopal, Evangelical Lutheran Church, Presby US or Presbyterian USA, United Church of Christ, Methodist. Uh, so that's your you, main line. Then you have like Evangelical, which is a lot of your Baptist and uh, including the SBC and the Lutheran. Church, uh, Missouri Synod, and the PCA. Then you have traditionally black, uh, charismatic, Pentecostal, and then holiness is the last one. What's holiness? Uh, That is the Christian and Missionary Alliance, Church of God, uh, Church of the Nazarene, and Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. And the other and i guess the original title was basically whether non denominational pastors or pastors are better than denominational ones and you know it was like on abortion human life is sacred and it was like 90% agreed with non denominational pastor 62% evangelical 68% mainline and then catholics pentecostals black and holiness were like below 50 or actually pentecostals were 55 but um so then you have like reincarnation is a real possibility and only 33% of non-denominational pastors agreed with that. But if you go towards the black denomination, 70%, which that is 70% were 70% believed reincarnation was a real possibility. Like Eastern avatar, the last airbender reincarnation. Yeah. Or some form of Hinduism. I mean,
1: I mean, okay, if you kind of yeah. <laughs> look at
0: how in this, I mean, if you watch Black Panther, particularly the second one where they show like astro projections of the ancestors, that's pretty, I, I mean, that's a lot of that very African or even just other Eastern religious practice or beliefs. But the idea of like being able to communicate with your ancestors or even like Lion King where your ancestors are in the, in the stars so I mean that type of belief. So it's not about grave soaking. Uh no, probably not. What but... about Ouija boards? Uh eh, that'd probably be Pentecostal charismatic, but. Well, they 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 have this holy Ouija board on this Holy Spirit Ouija board on Amazon, and my wife showed me that that link. I was gonna yeah. write an article about it, but I feel like it's already been covered. Or like another one is having faith matters more than which faith you have. That's only agreed by 21% of non-denominational pastors, 37% of evangelicals. I mean, Catholics are at 84%, which was very odd. But I think that's because they might different. That's because I I would assume based on that, that they differentiated Protestantism as a different faith. So they might not have, they might have, the way they... Answer the question might have had more so of a Protestant t- Catholic. So divide. your takeaway from this was that now does baptist include Independent Baptist? I would assume so. I mean, it's uh, evangelical Is that ca- was that would include Independent Baptist or would they be non denominational? I don't know. Now a Bible church would be non denominational, right? Probably. And there's a lot of good Bible churches out there, just in general. So. Maybe they're part of the leading crowd, but it sounds like yeah, you know, you're saying that the research, this poll by George Barna and uh, Arizona University basically says that non-denominational churches are the most solid. Yes. As a whole. As a whole. I Keep in mind, that's evangelicals, is, and we kind of went in order, evangelicals, the second most, and that has like PC, PCA, Disciples of Christ, Evangelical Free Church, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. these aren't even all bad denominations but they all have their and so do non-denominational churches they all have their struggles with you know the social justice gospel they all have their struggles with uh you know prosperity preaching like non-denominational you would think that prosperity gospel would be a pretty big issue there right um what, prosperity gospel? Yeah, like uh, that would they be had a big issue under, okay. But. It, it... So just to respond to some comments here, Um I'm not sure, yeah, I'm not sure, this is Defender of Cross saying, I'm not sure we want to get our orthopraxis from a Pentecostal movement steeped in fraudulent heroes, heresy, and weird practices. And that's the thing, we don't, we don't, or a lot of us don't. Uh, i don't want to speak for everyone but we want to get it from somewhere and i guess the question is why is mark driscoll saying things that a bunch of people with better theology aren't saying like why are these people with much better theology than someone like mark driscoll not taking as bold of a stand that's the question and part of it is, you know, there's a talent disparity. Like Mark Driscoll is a talented orator. Uh, He learned from Chris Rock uh, how to communicate, not from seminary. So that's part of it. So there might be a talent uh, disparity. And then uh, Pedro says that uh, Pentecostalism is all over the place. It is like, we got to recognize that Pentecostals are probably one of the biggest blocks in evangelicalism. Well, I know when I did uh, research I mean, on Britain, like the United Kingdom or Great Britain, Pentecostalism was the only sect of like Christianity that grew over the last twenty years. Obviously, you'd have like probably a lot of African immigrants that might be Pentecostal immigrating, but well, they have hill songs in UK. Yes, they also have hill songs. So a large that's the only one that's growing, and that could be. I mean, that bears a lot of. Problems in and of itself, because they also have Bethel over or Bethel. Um, New but is that the rank and file cause of the growth? Are these international megachurch corporations, or is it just you know they're getting in every? They're getting a suburban megachurch movement too in the UK. I, I don't know anything about that. I, I would assume no, because it's a harder hill to climb for the Brits. But maybe that's what's going on over there. Although according to Tim or the gospel coalition, the cities are more religious than the countryside. So we should welcome the replacement theory. That's basically what they were writing about. Uh, independent fundamental Baptists are, would probably be their own block. You would think, and there there can be some pretty okay. large IFB churches. Like there's a pretty large IFB church near where I live. I'm just not sure I'd want to go to it because it's, I think, you know, presumably KJV only. And I'm not about that. And I, I would also assume that there's other theological differences, but I do think that the praxis would probably be there as well. Oh, the assemblies of God is the largest USA denomination. I, I would think that the uh uh Southern Baptist convention is still number one. Mm. But you know, the Southern Baptist Convention just posted steep declines in the Assemblies of God. I don't know if it's just them or charismatics in general. They they know how to grow movements. Now, is it just putting people in seats or are they actually catechizing people? And, you know, is it a mile wide and an inch deep or is it something deeper? That's the uh, question. No, they only claim. The uh, largest uh, Pentecostal denomination. Yeah, they only the United claim United. three million members. And then you got organizations like Calvary Chapel, which I would say Calvary Chapel is the best of the charismatic denominations. That's just my opinion on that matter. Uh, So those are some thoughts. Now, getting back to the the uh, question. So if we want to extrapolate this, because another way to look at this issue is that over the last few years, it feels like the church. And I don't know if this is true everywhere. But I get the impression that we split in half. Like the social justice gospel came in and split the church in half, it seems. And what I don't like going forward is that, you know, that we could be in for another split over the Christian nationalism debate, which I think we can be averted. I think it will be averted. And I have faith in that that god will preserve his church no, i don't think it, i don't think the issue is large enough to even have a cause a split honestly i think it's a few loud voices particularly from the g3 camp but i don't think it's i don't think the issue is widespread enough in the pews to where to where uh it it would cause like a split like social justice did i i don't think it's large enough as an issue and i think you got a lot of people in the pews that passively agree with it or they're just like you're know dare i say white evangelical voting block that you know they get called christian nationalists or white christian nationalists on by cnn all the time so they just kind of okay that's the term that they're debating okay i don't care i saw i saw a screenshot of someone calling russell moore a christian nationalist it's like oh no what's next we're gonna call him a christian what a christian evangelical or right wing and then uh pedro points out that revoice is more likely to cause a split than christian nationalism i agree and I think that split's already underway. Like it's not complete yet because it has to the side B theology has to roll through more denominations. I think the Southern Baptist convention is primed to get split and wrecked by this issue, but they also have taken proactive steps against it. But is that going to stop them from teaching it in the seminaries? Who knows? Or tolerating it behind the pulpit? Also, who knows? So, I don't think Christian nationalism will cause a split. I think it will create a turf war for, you know, who's going to be the replacement for John MacArthur's influence. It's going to create a turf war for things like that. It's gonna, you know, who's going to be the uh, counter Big Eva? I mean, I guess that would be Verdi, but I don't. I In guess... Zambia, no, he's not going to be it. He's he's going to be like a mega microphone and mega voice but he's not going to be helming a counter big eva and you see that with like john harris you give him a shout out he's trying to create like a bunch of organizations that are going to counter big eva he wants to create a a replacement competitor to the gospel coalition uh called truth script and spoiler alert he wants me to write an article for them when they launch so might have a new writing gig uh, and then uh, Patriot comments that Doug Wilson will likely take over John MacArthur's place. I'm going to disagree. I think, disagree. I think then, his audience is too small. I think he's also maybe damaged goods in a sense. I mean, yeah, MacArthur's like, you know, we're renowned for being very anti charismatic, but that's kind of, I mean, that's MacArthur's thing. And I think MacArthur or Doug Wilson does an excellent job of bridging the gap on that issue by emphasizing how we're supernaturalists as Christians. So maybe Doug Wilson could bridge that gap a little bit. I just think he's might be damaged to goods because people he's been around a while. So a lot of people have a lot of opinions on him. So I got a screenshot on my phone, so I can't just share it here, but it's of our Scott Clark. Who's like the vehement anti Doug Wilson guy on Twitter. And he has like 12,000 followers on Twitter or something high and he gets zero interaction on his tweets. Like there's a tweet and I took a screenshot of this tweet. It has 2000 or 2212 views and only 16 likes. It's like the interaction on this R2K uh, mentality and that's really the biggest objection to Doug Wilson's R2K. Like because the people that claim federalism don't know what federalism is, but I do agree that I think he is a uh, you know, his brand is a little tarnished because of things like that. And, and, theori- then Mont- and theoretically James White could, I mean, he's big enough. And James White could or, or the apology uh, of, or the apology. Montana of- Viking says that Joel Webin seems like he's taking a leadership role for this new movement. And again, what's the cause of this leadership role is the COVID issue. Branch COVIDianism is what separated the, I think is what separates the Christian nationalists from the pietist. Like it's the Branch Covidianism issue, because if you look at the Christian nationalist voices, they were all right on the Christian nationalism issue when that issue first came up. I'll take you off for a second. So that's that's the biggest issue. So. uh, Getting back to the uh, question of the American church, because I do feel like there's a lot of splitting going on. There's a lot of, you know, as you know, uses the term fault lines for this uh discussion. Uh so that that's but I, I do think instead of it being like one face, it'll probably be more decentralized. And I think that would be a good thing. And that's why I might think Vodie Bakum is that I won't say successor, but you know, you know He's Protestant the Pope. Protestant, the, Pope. The, Protestant Pope. the Protestant Pope. He would be the Protestant Pope of the Christian nationalism movement, so to speak. And I say and- that tongue in cheek, not serious but that would he would kind of be like the overarching figure and that's that's and then because he's in Zambia it would be more decentralized so that would actually engender a lot more success. Yes. So you know getting back to this question what percentage of the American church so again we could include this as the universal church has access to orthodoxy when they attend their church on a weekend. And yeah, the, pulse, the poll came to 37%. And that might be very broad ecumenically, like a ecumenical 37%. So take that for what you will. And so 37% is actually not bad. It's a, it's a lot better of a question than... Uh, You know, it's a lot better of an answer than I was expecting because I was thinking closer to 10%. But again, we could see something where it's like the 80-20 principle in a given region. Well, it could be that the 37% can answer a poll question or a quiz question, but they can't answer. Or they can't, they, you know, the election's on Tuesday, they're preaching on Sunday and they don't talk about it. Or it's a unity. We can unite. Yeah. Because that was the big thing in 2020, was there a lot of preaching about unity? And it was just so cringe because it was also in line with the Democrat talking point about unity. So it's like, okay, it seems like all these churches are taking talking points from the Democratic Party. You know, what's not, you know, were they preaching stronger together in 2016? I, I just, yeah, but 37% seems a little high, I think, but again, Maybe it has to do with how far they're willing to travel. If you're willing to travel, say, half an hour, can you find a church that preaches orthodoxy in, half, in a half-hour drive? Can the average American do that? It might depend. Or average Christian, I should say. Yeah, I hear of stories of people driving an hour to go to church. I mean, I think in most cases, the answer is going to be yes. So because this is a question about access, I think in most cases, it should actually be a high percentage. But are they going to get orthopraxis from that church? That could be a a huge question. Are they just going to, you know... But if this is just a question of, hey, are you going to learn something about the Bible and is it going to be biblically sound? I think in a lot of cases, the answer is yes. But finding that which which doesn't also dilute the gospel and doesn't water down teachings or introduce false teaching, that's a much different question. You, you You definitely do see, and we've talked about this on live stream with the chat a lot, that you have these areas in the country that are so post-Christian that the churches are actually very strong. Now they're not be, might not be a super large amount of those churches, but the, those churches, you know, they're there because they want to be there. And then on the other hand, you also have churches in states like, I would say, you know, given, you know, I, I use the Southern Baptist data for this, uh, according to the Southern Baptist data, the States of Iowa and Florida have the strongest churches. And this was data that was over the COVID years. So these churches in Iowa and Florida grew and it's because they stuck together. They were gathering and you know, also had to do with the fact that a free government is very beneficial to the church, but these churches gathered when churches all across the country weren't. So and thus they had good numbers they their their metrics were positive so this is a largely state-to-state issue but i think overall the percentage is actually high it's higher than you would think but it depends on how far people are willing to drive what their radius is and uh how many churches are around them and there might be something within the data like yeah it might be 37 percent, but you know there might be secondary issues that are concerning to some basically, you know, pedo baptism, credo baptism. Yeah. There might be an Orthodox Presbyterian church, but you are a Baptist. You don't want to drown your children. Dunking babies like they're Oreos. Always how you do it. So yeah. if you have say 20 churches in a half hour driving radius of you, and only one of them's Orthodox, you still have access to an Orthodox church but that's uh 5% of the churches around you so i think that's uh one way to look at it. and then you said 37% of pastors right
1: 37% yeah.
0: have a biblical world view or at least know how to answer a, a a poll question correctly yeah maybe the polls too generous um Uh, then, uh, I'm going to, I think we're, uh, we've kind of wrapped up that, uh, section there. Uh, so John Harris is probably the overall leader of the movement. I think, I don't think so. I, I think he's doing great work. I don't think he's the overall leader. I don't think he would say he's the overall leader, but he is doing things. And I like that. I like the people who are doing things. Uh, here's a question from Montana Viking. How big is the tent for Christian nationalism? Are Roman Catholics in, Pentecostals, Charismatic Mormons, unbelievers who agree with having Christian laws instead of transi- transient transient th- of the kids? I wonder if that's an autocorrect. Um, uh, I would say Mormons are automatically out. I would say Pentecostals and Charismatics are in. And I don't think because I, again, I don't consider them not believers because they can believe in the continuation of spiritual gifts. I will have an issue if they say in order to be saved, you have to speak in tongues. But I think that's on a lot more faith statements. Like I think, you know, the church of God, I think is a denomination that has that explicitly on their, a lot of their faith statements, but I don't think they actually believe that in practice. I don't think they actually practice that, uh, in order to be saved, you have to speak in tongues, even if it is in their stated beliefs. So, yeah. I mean, there's probably a lot of outreach that needs to happen in that direction. I mean, obviously the whole, and again, that's one of the issues that, you know, the whole Christian nationalism debate. That's why I don't think it's nearly as big as the woke stuff, just because like the Pentecostals are off over there. They're not even in that one. They're not the participating box. in this reform discussion. They're not even in the boxing. Meme. They're not even in the off to the side or 10 feet away. They're way far away. Well, because in the boxing meme, it was reformed people watching reformed people fight each other. Yeah, I mean, they're not even off in the Now, Roman Catholics is a little bit more of a different question. Here's the difference between Roman Catholicism and Mormonism. Mormonism always was bad. So, Mormonism always was bad. It was always a cult. It has the same origin story as Islam. It's just Americanized. Roman Catholicism... You can't histor- I don't think you can historically argue that there's never been a saved regenerate Roman Catholic in the entire history of the Roman Catholic Church. I don't think you could argue that. So I'm willing to give a pass to Roman Catholics for that deference because even to this day, I think there are Catholics who are bad Catholics who don't necessarily know what the Catholic Church teaches but go to Catholic Church out of Uh, tradition you know this is you know they they believe in traditional values they believe in tradition and they believe in you know the christianity you know they believe in this tradition and they're not huge on the uh teachings and doctrine of the catholic church but they otherwise believe a bare bones gospel um without the sprinkles and Cultish practices of yeah, the Roman don't, they, Catholic Church. They might not know what a council of Trent is. And they don't know what transubstantiation is, or or they uh, don't like Pope Francis. Maybe they don't pray to Mary, which might be a challenge of uh, finding a Catholic that doesn't pray to Mary. They just might like her a lot. But I, I think it's possible. Doesn't mean it's probable. Like honestly, if you meet someone that's Catholic that and they tell you that they're Catholic, that tells you nothing about their worldview. Because you you did the poll. Where were Catholics on, Catholic priests on in that poll? Uh, kind of all over the place with middle of the road, I guess. Middle of the road? Yeah. I mean, that's why they're, I guess they're put in the middle. Aside from the having faith I mean, matters more than which faith you have. I mean, they generally do think, uh, you know, doing good can get you into heaven. They were the highest on that mark as well. And also in a lot of countries, like the Catholic church is the dominant uh, form of Christianity there where there the Roman a, Catholic church is seen as Christianity in se- several countries on this earth. And they did have a high degree of uh, moral relativism, but I, again, I don't know if they've, if uh, you know, George Barna had a more liberal, uh, s- s- I guess, sample size of Catholic so, priest. I art. mean, it, it kind of goes back to the uh, Forrest Gump quote. You know, life's like, you know, Catholics are like a box of chocolates. You never, you never know what you're going to get with a Catholic because they're just all over the place. And I think a lot of Catholics don't think about theology. They just kind of pass that off to the church, but they have faith otherwise. I think that's the best case scenario for a lot of Catholics, but because they outsource their theological thinking. They outsource the critical thinking on theology to the Catholic church and the and give deference to the church and therefore don't think these issues through. So I would say Catholics are in, but barely, and for a time being. But uh, yeah, Mormons are out because you can't make a good faith argument for Romans being part of Christian nationalism. Also Mormons, I mean, they suck in their own state. Apart from maybe the anti-porn law that they passed, I mean, good on them for that. But otherwise they suck. Now, Pedro Garcia has an interesting comparison. Asking saints in heaven to pray for you is not nearly as bad as Nostra Ate, which I believe, going back to your reference, that has to do with the uh, icons in Eastern Orthodoxy, I think. And then the revoice being, you know, so side beat theology. Yes, I would agree. Side beat theology is a lot worse. The other thing is that I believe Catholics have a different definition of worship. They believe that worship equals sacrifice, which is why a Catholic would argue that they don't believe that they are worshiping Mary when they pray to her, which I would say, hey, prayer is part of worship. So is singing, and uh, so is uh, reading the Bible and meditating on Scripture. These are all worshipful acts. So Protestants and Catholics have a different view of worship, and and Pedro follows that up with, Asking saints for intercession is on the level of continuationism, to be honest. That's a, again an interesting perspective. I'm not sure I'd go that far, but uh, I think we need to ground theological debate in perspective. I mean, if I'm thinking about okay, Catholicism, that's like Nost- Nostra Aetate mm-hmm. is part of the Vatican II, which says very sussy things about Judea- Judaism, and Islam. Okay. I guess on the level that they worship the same God, just doing it poorly, I guess. Uh, so any other questions in the chat? Because we are at the uh, low end of how long these live streams go. I'm going to search through the chat to see if I miss any questions that I wanted that I sandbag for later in the chat. Uh, We've got some homeschooling questions. Uh, let's see. No, I believe I've covered every question in the chat. So, like I said, uh, Evangelical Dark Web is a Christian news gathering commentary ministry, and you can support us over at EvangelicalDarkWeb.org/slash/join. Uh, and you can submit your question when we the next time we do an Ask Me Anything, and uh, we'll spend more time on it, just like we did the question that Bob submitted. Uh, Pedro has a question: Are IFB In the christian nationalism obviously like ifb is gonna be i think they're gonna be hardcore christian nationalism because they're probably the super conservatives in the first place you know how many liberal ifb people are there like the ifb is going to be a voting block for among the christian nationalists i think so uh anything else all right oh anyway Have a blessed night and we will catch you on the next one.